You're listening to the Cultural Curriculum Chat, the podcast that specializes in multicultural education and classroom strategies. I'm your host, Jebe Edmonds. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Culture Curriculum Chat podcast with your host, Jebe Edmonds. I cannot wait to share with you all an amazing author and illustrator whose energetic prose and pictures will motivate you and inspire you every day. We have with us in the guest chair, Mrs. Vanessa Brantley-Newton. Welcome, Vanessa. It's such a joy and pleasure to be here with all of you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a, it's indeed a pleasure. Oh, thank you. So before we get diving into it, I'm going to share your background real quick with our audience. Vanessa was born during the Civil Rights Movement and attended school in Newark, New Jersey, being part of a diverse, tight-knit community during such turbulent times. Vanessa learned the importance of acceptance and empowerment in shaping a young person's life. When she read Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats, it was the first time she saw herself in a children's book. It was a defining moment in her life and has made her into the artist she is today. As an illustrator, she includes children of all ethnic backgrounds in her stories and artwork. She wants all children to see their unique experiences reflected in the books they read so they can feel the same sense of empowerment and recognition she experienced as a young reader. So I loved reading your biography of Ezra Jack Keats' Snowy Day. That's one of my favorite books. And can you kind of share with our audience that spark, that catalyst for change that made you the author and illustrator that you are? Oh my gosh. uh, It's such an awesome question. And every time I give an answer for this book, um, because I'm asked that question so many times, it was the 1960s when this book came out, actually 1963, the year I was born. And uh, going to predominantly white schools where I was the only black child in the classroom and not seeing yourself uh, as a child, I would walk up to my mom and I would often ask her, am I invisible? You know, something, something wrong, people can't see me. And it was because we weren't granted children's books where we could actually see ourselves. Everything was, if you remember, uh, and you're my age, I'm, I'm 60 um, this year, uh, Dick and Jane, yeah. Dumpty Dumpty Magazine, Jack and Jill Magazine, and all of these different magazines that came out focused on white children and their stories, you know? And so we as brown children, black children, never really got to see our hair textures, our skin, what our parents look like, because I was raised with two parents and uh, two parents who were Christians. You know, mm-hmm. and so family was everything, whether you were Christian, Muslim, whatever, family back then was very important. And my mom and dad would not spend their money on books that did not reflect us. Mrs. Russell, one of my favorite teachers, had one of the biggest afros I think I ever saw in my whole entire life. It was orange. She wore orange dresses that were so short that you did not want her to bend over. <laughs> and she wore go-go boots. And she was mm-hmm. one of the coolest teachers. I loved, loved, loved Mrs. Russell. And she wasn't the nicest teacher in the world. But she knew children who learned differently. And I learned differently. I am dyslexic. I have something called synesthesia, which is the ability to see, smell, feel, taste, and hear color. And mm-hmm. I also am a stutterer. And so she knew that. 
And I remember the day, Jabba, she picked me up and put me on her lap and opened up the snowy day. I am 60 years old and I still get emotional about it. It was the first time that I ever saw a black child beautifully painted that looked like me. I even had a snowsuit. And so I thought Peter was a child that got lost in the book that was my brother. And I just need to open that book and I could go and visit him anytime I wanted to. We could play in the snow together. It was, it was everything that book. As a matter of fact, I tell my husband often, when I leave here and go to be with the Lord, put my Bible and a copy of the snowy day in my palm because I want to read it to the Lord when I get, when, when I get to heaven. It's that special to me. That book is that special to me. I love that book. Yeah. Oh, such a beautiful written book. I read it. I had the big book in my first grade class. Just the innocence of child playing in the snow and seeing his tracks and, yeah. you know, and what I see how you have transformed your work. It does give you that childlike glow about it. And it's bright. It's vibrant. And just how you even, you know, described your teacher in the orange this yeah. promo with the go-go yeah. boots. Girl, the fashion you have in your character. Yes, honey. Yes, yes. Hello, Jabba. That's right. It's, it's so okay. vibrant. You've got African textiles in it yes. in some of these. You've got jeans down to the stitching. Yes. And I mean, your attention to detail is just perfection. And what I love about your books, Vanessa, is it does. It makes you sit a little taller because yes. even in 2023, there is this um, urgency to have more. I have colleagues and neighbors and, and people ask me, Jebe, where are the books that don't look like my kids? And I'm like, Woo, do I have books for you? Because we want to have all of our kids to know that Vanessa's and Jebe's, we exist. Yes. We exist yes. in daily things. You know, I, as an educator, I always would have, you know, my students see me out in the community. And it's like, yeah, I exist. I do human things like yeah. that. And for it to be in a book, to open that conversation, I feel like you have done it, my dear, um, with um, your Becoming Vanessa book. Everybody has their first day of school. Everybody has little jitters. Everybody wants to have their special outfit. And with your feather boa and your parents saying, oh, yes, what are you going to do that special today? Yeah. And I really, it, when I read your book, it really took me back to my first day of school experiences. I oh, had a different name, you know, and how to write it down. And I just love how you juxtapose having two S's and how you're still writing your name. Everybody else is done. Every year, we all have students like that. They're still working on their names. Other kids are at the door waiting to go to recess. You know, kids can relate to Vanessa's story and and what I love about how you wrote this, and I don't want to give away too much audience because so I want you to get this book. Your mother sits you down and shows you and shares with you how important your name is and why she named you that. And I feel as a, as parents, we need to sit our kids down and say, do you wonder why I gave you that name? You know, and I feel that gives that child that confidence. And woo, I know my name and the meaning and why I'm named that. And very anti can you talk more about, yeah, becoming Vanessa? I just love that biographical feel to it. I have to tell you, and even to end what we were first were talking about, is I wanted to give children what Ezra Jack Keats gave to me. Yes. 
that, that, that was the whole thing. If I could leave them feeling the same way Ezra made me feel. The day I got that book, I remember Jebba going to the uh, library and picking out that book close to probably 25 times and the librarian threatened me. And she said, if you take this book out one more time, she said, there are other books that he's written. Would you like to see them? I read them and the next week went right back to snowy day. Yes. But, you know, in, in becoming Vanessa, Name, names are so important. And this is not to down Americans or America as far as names are concerned. This is not, not about that. It is when you don't know, you continue to do the same things over and over and over again. When you do know, the value starts to come. And then the worth starts to come. And then the, the pride of, you know, what you have. And that's why, um, Naming your child, it's something so very, very special. It's you look at that child and it's there's something special special about you. And even that is because your mommy and daddy's baby, there's something special about you. I remember going here in Low Country, South Carolina, and um I was in art um gallery for African American art, Gullah Geechee. My family's Gullah Geechee from Low Country. Gullah, South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Yes. So um there was a woman that was in there. And she was beautiful, Jeff, gorgeous woman, head wrap and all. And I said, I said, what's your name? And she says, my name, I'm trying to remember um, how she said it. And I was so moved when she told me what her name, because it's me like a bell when she said it. She said, my name is Ife Tayo. I said, oh my gosh. I said, what does that mean? She said, it's bringer of joy. And I told her, you don't know how much joy you brought me by sharing your name with me. To said that name over and over, Ife, Ife Tayo, Ife Tayo. And I was like, if I ever have another baby, I'm naming my baby Ife Tayo. Because if you're naming your children names that don't have any meaning to it or something derogatory, that's what you're calling your child all the time. I lost several children, buried a daughter who would have been 23 years old. I have a 22-year-old now named Zoe. And when I had Zoe, I knew exactly that I wanted to name her Zoe. And the first thing people said to me, Jebba, was, oh, you named her Zoe after Zoe on Sesame Street? I said, no. It's a biblical name, Zoe. means the God kind of life, there is no death in it. And Mm -hmm. I got to hold her. And now that she's 22 years old, she has become her name. And so when I see her, I tell her constantly, Baby girl, you are becoming your name. The God kind of life, there is no death in it. And so when I got my name as a child, I was a little butterfly. One of the one of the things that I used to do, I would go to school, and when the teacher would uh, give me paint, I would put all the paint in the middle of the page, and then I'd snip it together and then pull the page over. Instant butterfly. And yeah. I loved butterflies. And my mother said, that girl, no, she loves some butterflies. My mother was pregnant with my little brother, who, uh, was a stillborn as well. And um, I remember her going through the book and I told her, I said, I hate my name. She said, you hate your name? Why do you hate your name? She said, it has two S's in it, two A's. It, it's hard. People always ask me, why'd your mama name you Vanessa? And I was embarrassed at the name. And I remember one of my teachers, one of my teachers, white teacher, told me, she said, that name's too big for you. And when she said that, you know, when you said it to a five or six-year-old, mm-hmm. you kind of like, that. Mm-hmm. So, I always thought something was wrong with me. And um, she goes, Vanessa, what a, what a rich name to give a child like you. 
And the thing hurt me so bad. I didn't even know I was hurt, Jebba, until I got home and I told my mother I didn't like my name. And my mom and dad sat me down that day and I'll never forget it. They said, your name is Vanessa. Do you know what Vanessa means? I had not a clue. She said, what's your favorite thing to draw Vanessa? I said, butterflies? He said, that's what Vanessa means. It means butterfly. The pride and the joy that I felt in my soul. I still get teary-eyed when I tell the story because my self-esteem was so in the toilet. I failed completely through school. F's and D's until I got out of high school. And didn't want people to call my name because I thought something was wrong when they called my name. Of course, she's a dyslexic girl. Oh, she's a girl with all that, that synesthesia and that, that crazy stuff. And she stutters. So every reason to pick on me. So there was like, I, I, I don't know why my parents gave me this name, but in grasping it and now learning it, I just want to empower babies to know their names and to know that there is worth to every single one of them. It is so planted in my heart. It is what I pray about in the morning. Is God give me a heart of Christ where children are concerned because I love children. I don't want to see them abused. Don't call them out of their names. Even when they have done something that has really angered you, take your time and breathe and say mm-hmm. what you need to say to them firmly, of course, and everything else. Yes. I, and I am a believer in spanking behind. Yes, I, I'm old school, okay? I'll spank your behind in a second. I'm saying my desire to see children thrive and grow is from a very real, real place because I'm five years old. I'm still five. Save time and effort with our weekly cross-cultural connections newsletter. Every week, you'll learn more timely strategies and resources to help you engage cross-culturally at work and at home, go to jebaedmonds.com forward slash resources forward slash email signup. That is J-E-B-E-H-E-D-M-U-N-D-S dot com forward slash resources forward slash email signup. And you have done it beautifully. Anytime some, uh, your gift, and I apologize that you felt that way as that child. I remember when I was going into education, my mother, she was a teacher and just retired a couple of years ago. And she always said, it's, it's, um, yeah, big blessing. My favorite teacher was my mom. <laughs> and it's like, she always said, you know, that one, they need to see your face, that you exist, that you belong in that role. And two, I always thought of the words of Maya Angelou. They'll never remember the lessons you taught about how you made them feel. And how you made them feel, yes. And as an educator, and now you as an artist, showing your work, you're sending hope to those kids that felt small. You're sending hope to those kids that felt othered. You know, look at you. You know, I'm I'm at the bookstore. I'm like, yes, I want all the titles. Yep. And I was telling every cashier, I'm interviewing her on my podcast. They're like, really? I said, yes. <laughs> you know, I want to share your work because even um, back in the day when you illustrated that one love, 
Yeah. yeah. I had been in my first grade class, you know. Oh, my and gosh. It, wow. It, wow. It's not you, but my fangirl moment. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But even things, <laughs> I'm just so honored. And your work is just bright and vibrant. And it's so happy. It's cheering. Yeah. And, yeah. and even your solemn pictures that you have on your website, they make you think. They make you get yeah. rooted down, you know, to understand, you know, the breadth and depth of your work. But even to switch gears on um, You're Just Like Me, your book of poems, mm. I just love how self-affirming it is. And I feel like you were writing this to your younger Vanessa. Yes, I was. I mean, I'm just going to quote one quick sentence from, oh, I mean, there's so many. I love Mima's Wisdom. It reminded me of oh, my grandma. Oh, Mima's Wisdom is my favorite. That one and uh, Canvas. Wisdom. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And yes, I am a canvas. Um, and just I even I have two, you know, biracial boys and 14 and 11 and even reading it out to them. You know, it's just like, yeah, there's going to be days where you're not feeling it. You're feeling, yeah. a, you know, a bluesy kind of way just to show you that, yeah, it will get better, you yes. know, and you have to be painted of your words. It's just yeah. beautiful. Warrior. I mean, when I'm in those moments, I'm just like, Whoa, I'm willing for a good fight to stick up and stand up for myself. Yeah. Yeah. A good fight with love. And that's cool. right. I mean, just, oh, it's just in tell you, I, I'm like freaking out in a good way because how you have this, it's not just for girls only. I mean, you have it written in the girl's voice, but yeah. all students can, you know, take it. Every student um, can take away from it. Yes. Every student can take away from it. Feelings. There's so many poems that teachers can write about, analyze, Absolutely. and come up with, you know, ideas of their own, you know, feelings after they've read it. Uh, the comfort of having your grandmother face to face conversation. Absolutely. Over texting. I'm like, yes. you know, those are the things that we need that human connection. And we it just it. brings me back to those moments with my grandma sitting on her lap and having her Sandy's cookies. I cannot go past oh. the grocery store having Sandy's cookies, you know? And um I just love it. And your paper, um, your paper chains. Is just oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Everybody needs to have that. Yeah. Just like we're holding each other, pulling each other up. And That's I quote, right. and just a powerful link that yeah. we are together. It just culminates who we are as human beings, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh, I can't get enough of your book. So please keep sharing more. Is there anything else that you would want educators to know with your books or anything that is in that multicultural literacy space that you would want them to know, like strategy that they can do tomorrow. If they Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important that we talk to each other. Now, I'm not talking mm -hmm. about texting. Um, I'm talking about really, you know, now that COVID is somewhat controlled to a degree, conversation is necessary. It's necessary for uh, parents to really, you know, I know you got in from work and you're tired. And you don't want to go to that school meeting or that PTA meeting. But this is where we get to talk to each other. And you get to hear the teacher and the teacher gets to hear you. And hopefully we're listening where we're not just talking at each other, but we're really coming with an open heart to listen. Because at the end of the day, it's about the child. It's, yeah. it's about the child. We teach racism. We teach mm -hmm. it. We teach it, especially, you know, when... 
I hear parents say, well, I don't know where that came from. I'm walking through the supermarket and this little boy says the N-word to me. Mommy, is that a... Mm-hmm. And she kind of looks at him like, shut your mouth. You know, you don't, you don't say things like that in public. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and she was in, I don't know where he got that from. And I'm like, I don't know where exactly where he got it from. He didn't get it from his teacher. He got it from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For 25 years, Jebba, as a professional phlebotomist, that's a person mm-hmm. who takes blood. And mm-hmm. my specialty were children, women with cancer, uh, people with AIDS, everything nobody wants to be bothered with. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you're holding a premature baby in your hand, and I have tiny hands, and a baby can fit in my hands. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I tell you, I took care of children of every ethnicity that has walked this planet. I have, I'm mm-hmm. taking care of Okay. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I've learned, this is what I want to leave with you, your listeners, is babies want three things. Children want three things. Is there a clean diaper when I mess this one up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Vital. Is there a bottle or a breast in here with some milk in it? Mm-hmm. And are your mm-hmm. arms and your heart strong enough to hold it? Ooh, That's all yes. they want. This other oh, stuff? Man. Come on. You think yes. about slavery. White babies were put on the black breast, but were treated like animals, basically. The women were treated mm. like animals. I'm doing what you should do for your own Yeah. Okay? And so my message is we need to break this thing of racism and send it back to the pit of hell from whence it came. Mm-hmm. And begin mm-hmm. to see people as people. Get to know my character. Get to know who I am before you just start jumping off with, oh, they're black. Oh, they're white. Oh, they're Asian, Latino, or, or, or Hispanic. And so they're nothing. No, get to know me first. Get to, get to know me first. first. So yes. the, the, the message that I want to leave to them, first of all, is to all your educators. I appreciate every last one of you. You work so hard to put lessons together. And there are times you can't teach your lesson because you got a parent. Student, Mm -hmm. it takes away from you even trying to teach. But I want you all to know, we appreciate. There are a bunch of us that know the hard work that you all put in. The late nights, the the, the whole thing, just wanting to see children succeed. I love you all. I thank you all. I pray for you all that God would continue to cover you, strengthen you, give you more money because you deserve it. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> okay, and pay vacation yes. at that anywhere yes. in the world you want to go. You shouldn't have to plot mm-hmm. or die. I know our educator friends are like, thank you. We feel seen because, yeah, you can have the best of beautifully written lesson plan, but something always well, happens. Always happens. Okay. How do I pivot? How do I keep it going? How do I still get my work and that my students need to achieve before they move on to the next grade? And I tell you, I tip my head. It's a profession that is honored by the educators who do it every day. We just hope in that honor will be reciprocated by more people. Absolutely. You that have reciprocated it, we feel it, we love it, and we appreciate y'all because y'all keep us going in those trenches, especially. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love my teachers. I love them. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This has been an amazing talk. Where can um, my listeners get your books? Absolutely. You can get my books at most indie bookstores. You can find it at uh, Amazon and on Barnes & Noble's websites as well. Um, uh, You can always go to Penguin Books and find my books there. But um, I would love it if you would follow me over at Instagram at VanessaBrantleyNewton.com. You can find me on Facebook 
at Vanessa Newton uh, and Vanessa Brantley Newton. I have actually two pages. And um, that's about it for social media. But I also have a website of VanessaBrantleyNewton.com. Awesome. And I will put all of that information in our show notes too as well. Oh, Vanessa, it's such a blessing to get to know you and laugh with you and just cry with you and tear up with you with your most beautiful, heartwarming, inspiring stories. And you're one of those students that, you know, really did defeat and beat the odds of having someone say who you are, but you define it in your way. That's right. Because even when I went to Barnes & Noble in Duluth, Minnesota, your books are on those shelves. God going on. I I cannot thank you enough, my dear. Thank you. Thank Um, you. I'm just honored to just share this chat with you today. So that's all we have today, folks. And um, yes, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Cultural Curriculum Chat with Jebba Edmonds. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We will be here same time, same place next week. Take care. Bye-bye.